book of 1 Timothy, chapter number 2. 1 Timothy 2. And if you're here this week and you weren't here last week, we've started a series just as far as on the ABCs of Christianity, stuff that I believe needs to be foundational stuff that gets on the inside of us and changes your heart, not only for your time on this earth, but for eternally. Now let's begin. 1 Timothy 2, verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved. Who desires all men to be saved. Now right there it tells you that it's God's will for every man to be saved. He desires every man to be saved. Now I highlight that because not every man will be saved. You know why I say that? Because God made us free will beings and so you have a choice. God will not force salvation upon you. But God's desire is for every man to be saved. Now, if you were here last week, we talked about salvation itself. The word saved in the Greek means zozo, S-O-Z-O, which means to be whole or to be made whole. So God desires every man to be whole. Spiritually, physically, mentally, every aspect of your life. And so salvation, yes, it does talk about where we'll spend eternity at. But even right here on this place called earth, God wants you to live where you have been made whole. Every aspect of your body, your life. And so he says, Who desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Now the Amplified says there where it says to come into the knowledge of the truth. It says to know precisely and correctly the truth. Now the big thing on that is we must begin to decipher the, the Word of God. We must get a hold of it, guys. That we, we know it precisely and correctly. Because only the truth will set you free. So you need to understand, as a born-again believer, what the truth is to you. But also, that in, in 2 Timothy 4.3, it says this, that many will not endure sound doctrine because of their own lusts or their own desires. And so because of that, in 2 Timothy 4.3, it talks about that men will heap up for themselves men who will tell them what they want to hear. Now, I'm going to highlight this just for a little bit, guys. That's why you need to have your Bible. And I can say this to you today, don't believe a word I say. Unless I give you uh, scripture and verse, okay? I'm going to tell you, this ought to get on the inside of you. Do not believe what men say without confirming it with the Bible. And there's a lot of that going on right now. That people, when they say to me, well, this pastor said this to me. Well, they lied. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so be very, very careful and cautious. You know, it's one of the signs of the end time. It says many in the last days will be deceived because of this stuff. And so I must learn the Bible, okay, just to protect me. Now, look what he goes on to say in verse number 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So I want you to understand this today. There's one God, okay, just as Jeremiah prophesied. There is only one God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the Hebrew God. He's the God of Israel. Okay? 
You need to understand that. The second thing he says, there is one mediator between God and man, and that is the Lord Jesus. And so that tells me the only way to the Father is through Jesus, okay? So we just need to understand these things biblically. That God is the only God. I don't serve the God that the Muslims serve, guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. My God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, when I say all this today, we need to understand that as born-again believers, there's some things that God has entitled us to or blessed us with for no other reason than you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, go with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 103, the 103rd Psalm. And what I want you to see today, that I want you to leave here knowing biblically that is God's desire for you to behold not only spiritually, but also physically. God wants you to walk in divine health and divine blessing. And we're going to look at this today. So get out your, your, your reading glasses here, your biblical glasses, and let's see what the Word of God said. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, Lord, I bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. God has given me and you benefits for no other reason that you accepted Jesus. So when you accepted Jesus, guys, you became eligible for this benefit package. What are some of his benefits? Well, verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities. That word forgive there means he pardons. Now, when I read this here, God provides a way for you and me to be forgiven. You know how that is? When I take responsibility before, for my life and I confess my sin. This is how you're forgiven. When you confess your sin, see that's the word repentance, it means to confess, but it also means to do a 180, to turn from the things you're doing. So this is a promise here. Who forgives all your iniquities. Verse 3, the second part. Who heals all your disease. And I want to highlight those words all in there. Now let me ask you something. Do you believe God is the God who forgives? I do. Right there, He tells me that's His desire. I don't earn it. I confess my sin. And I believe in my heart that God's not only going to forgive me, but He's going to cleanse me. That's 1 John 1, 9. But listen, my point in asking you that is, if you believe He forgives you of your sins, then do you believe He heals you? Because see, this is what He's telling us right here. I'm the God who heals what? All your disease. Now in Exodus 15, 26, it gives us one of the characteristics or the names of Father God. And it says in Exodus 15, 26, that His name is Jehovah Rapha. Which means the Lord who heals thee. And so right there, Father God, he, he, exclaim, or he, he proclaims to me and you, He's the healer. He's the healer. So when I look at, at what's said right here in Psalm 103 and Exodus 15, 26, it is a strong bond that shows us in the Scriptures God desires for us to be whole. Care who you are. Now look over to your right to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. And as we begin to study these scriptures this morning, I want you to begin to notice a pattern in here 
that the Bible talks about that it'll start out dealing with sin, but it'll end up talking about divine health. You'll see some things in here. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely. Now in my Bible, I highlighted that word, surely. You know why? Because surely says to me, he doesn't leave any room for doubt. Surely he what? Surely he has borne my griefs or our griefs. That word griefs there means sickness, it means weakness, and it means distress. So right here, he tells me his desire. He has borne our griefs. Now, another thing I want you to note, in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, on five different occasions, he's going to refer to our, O-U-R. Who is our? That's me and you, guys. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is part of your benefit package. And Je listen, Jesus isn't going to pay the price. He's already done it. Okay? He's already done it for you. So you don't want to just receive it. And it says here, He has borne our griefs, and He has carried our sorrows. Now you know what the word sorrows there means? The word sorrow means our pain. Now when I look at pain, the word pain, that can mean my physical body, or it can also be your broken heart. I'm going to tell you, when you have a broken heart, man, that's pain. That's pain, and you may have a broken heart today, but I want you to understand, through right here the Scriptures, Jesus has done this. Now, what I want you to see also, is Jesus has borne our griefs, and He's carried your sorrows, then why are you still trying to bear them? Why are you still trying to carry them? Now look what he goes on to say here. Smitten by God, yet we esteemed him stricken. Smitten by God and afflicted, yet we esteemed him stricken. Now listen to me. Jesus wasn't stricken, and he wasn't inflicted by God for something that he did. He was stricken and afflicted by God for something we did. And you know what he said? Father God, so they don't have to experience pain, distress, sickness. He said, I'll take it. I'll take it. Now look what verse 5 goes ahead and talks about here for me and you. But he was wounded for our transgressions. You know what transgressions means? Our wickedness or our sin. Now you know what I like to say there? He was wounded for my transgressions. Now you can put that in there, guys, because he died specifically for every one of us. He says also that he was bruised for our iniquities, my iniquities, my sin, my rebellion. So to start out here in verse 5, he deals with our sin, our, our habits in our life that may have not been good. But listen, they're covered under the blood of Jesus. Now look what he goes on to say. The chastisement for our peace. Whose peace? Our peace was upon him. And by whose stripes you were healed. Now get that. We are healed. That's past tense, guys. So it's telling us that Jesus has already done it. So if you look at salvation, salvation through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
not only entitles me to eternity in heaven, but it blesses me with forgiveness, the remission of my sins. It says peace. And it also says divine health in my body. And so you got to understand this was written for me and you. The best thing you can do is just begin to say, thank you, Lord. I thank you today that you've taken my transgressions. You've, you were bruised for my iniquities. I thank you my peace is from you. I thank you today that you've healed me. I walk in divine health because of you. And a lot of people right here would say, well, that's just great, but that's all in the Old Testament. Well, let's move to the New Testament. Go to Matthew chapter 8 and let's see what it says. Matthew chapter number 8. Hang in here with me, because you're going to get taught the Word of God today. Where you begin to see, this is what the Word of God says. This is what the Bible says. I'm going to Matthew 8. Verse number 16 is where we're going to begin. And you get the heartbeat of Jesus immediately here. When evening had come, they brought to Him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. And He cast out the spirits with the Word, and He healed all who were sick. Now this is New Testament, guys. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And that's what we just read. And look what was said by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses, our illness and our disease. And so once again, I want you to see something here. This is New Testament. You see what Jesus did here. Now Hebrews 13.8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, if if the Lord healed in the Old Testament, and we see right here He's healed in the New Testament, what about right now? What about right now? And I just want you to see this today, that you just read the Bible, guys. This is what the B-I-B-L-E said. This is what the Word of God says. Now, I want you to understand, this may go against everything you've ever been taught. This may go against every religious tradition in you. But I must look at what the B-I-B-L-E says. This is God's Word, and we're not done. I'm going to show you more Scripture today to show you this is what God's desire for you. Now, in my own life, guys, I can say this. That if it wasn't for that God is a healer, My own brother would be dead. Many of you know my brother. Many of you men see him at the Men of Iron. When he was seven, he was diagnosed with cancer. They said he'll never live out of his teenage years. He's now 52. He's still alive. I've seen, guys, the cancer on his body. I've seen the power that God heals. So when people tell me God doesn't heal, you know what I tell them? Too late. I've seen God do it. Now... My point in saying that, the the church I grew up in, which I didn't attend very often as a young man, but that church told my parents this, that God does not heal anymore. That those days are over. Maybe that's what you've been taught. I thank God that the Bible tells me differently. Now here's another thing that you may have been taught. God puts disease on people to teach them a lesson. I'm going to tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God, my God is not the God who does that. God is never. Just think of the characteristics as a father. That I would look at my own daughter and say, you know what? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that, that cancer comes upon your body so we can teach you a lesson. You know what? If we had that mentality as a human being, they would lock us up. But I look and I think, many people have been told that. You know what you hear a lot of times? God puts disease on people to teach you things. Well, if that was true, but it's not, but let's just say it was true, then why are you going to the doctor to try to get well? Why don't we go around and high-five everybody today and say, Hey, dude, I got the worst sore throat in the world today. Thank God for it. Now, do you see how absurd that is? Now, there's some excesses in the body of Christ. One is this, what I just said, that God doesn't heal anymore. Well, if you believe that God doesn't heal anymore, guess what? You never have to worry about getting healed because you're not going to. Number two, here's another excess. Well, if God wants you healed, He chooses who He wants to heal. Well, what does that mean? That tells me God's a respecter of persons. The Bible tells me that God's not a respecter of persons. So I don't believe God sits up there in heaven and says, I love you, I love you not. Any, many, mighty, mo-. No. God doesn't do it. But the problem with that is, is when people don't get healed, you know what they say? Well, it must not have been God's will. So you know who the blame now goes to? Father God. It wasn't His will. That's a lie, guys. And the third one is this, I believe, in excess, that many times you hear this, well, the reason you didn't get healed is because you don't have enough faith. Now, you know what that shifts all the blame onto? A human being. It shifts it all on us. Do we play a part in this? I believe we do. But any time you see blame, guys, blame originated in the garden when Adam and Eve fell, and blame is from the devil. Anytime you get over and start hearing blame. Now we can start blaming everybody, but anytime you can guarantee this blame, shame, or condemnation, that's got the devil's marks all over it. Everywhere. How did blame start? Well, remember what Adam and Eve did. So God shows up, and He asks Adam, Did you eat from the tree? Now the, the point of God asking him this was, He wanted Adam just to say, Father God, I did it, I blew it, I blew it, I blew it. But you know what Adam said? It's that woman. It's that woman. Now who does he shift blame on to immediately? It's that woman. And so in my thinking about this, he looks at Father God and says, you know, it was very difficult, Father God. She's standing there naked, and my focus is messed up. And I can't tell her no. See, we can do stuff like that. So he first says, it's that woman. And you know what he says next? That you gave me. So who's he shifted the blame on? You see where it comes from. And then he looks at this woman named Eve and said, did you eat from the tree? And she said, the devil made me do it. So once again, we get over on this thing called we try to shift blame. Now, to understand this a little bit further here this morning, go with me way back to the back to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. Now you're going to go past Hebrews and James and you're going to slide right into 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2. Now this is what I really want you to get this morning. When we talk in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's the chapter that talks about the communion elements. 
Now, when we talk about the communion elements, we talk about the bread, which represents Jesus' broken body, and we talk about the cup, the juice, which represents his blood, the remission of sins, and even divine healing. So anytime we partake of the communion elements, we are partaking of what Jesus died for us to have, correct? So in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, the Apostle Paul said something very interesting. He said, before you partake of the communion elements, if you would judge or examine yourself. Now what am I to judge or examine myself of? The condition of my heart. Do I have sin in me? Do I have unforgiveness in me? Do I just have a stinking bad attitude about life? And so he says this here, that if we would examine ourselves, if we would judge ourselves. Now this is very important right here that you get this today. Because the only person I'm responsible for is me. And so when I look at all that, see that's what Father God wanted Adam and Eve to do in the garden. He wanted them to take responsibility for their life. Now, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30, the Apostle Paul went on to say this. For this reason, what reason? We haven't judged ourselves. We haven't examined ourselves. He says exactly this. For this reason, ones are weak, ones are sick, and ones have even died. Was that Father God's will? No. No. But once again, I see over and over from the Scripture that He deals always first with our sin or the condition of our heart, and then He blesses with His healing. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 here. Look with me. Verse 24. Get this. Who Himself bore our sins. What does He start out with immediately? Our sins. Who bore our sins in His own body on the tree... That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. And it ends with, by whose stripes are you healed? Now, I'm not saying, guys, that all sickness is because of sin. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this, that if we would learn to hold ourselves accountable and judge ourselves, I believe when we do that, you know what we've opened ourselves up to? A pipeline of God's healing. I believe it just flows to us. Now I look at this, and here's the question I want to ask you right now. Since you got born again, have you sinned? Yes, I have. Did that mean I'm no longer a child of God? No. No. I still can repent. Even though I'm not perfect, I can repent. And when I do repent, you know what the Bible says? Not only will God forgive me, but He'll cleanse me. And so because of my desire or my heart to repent, it keeps me in fellowship with Father God. I believe this, guys, more and more when I look at these scriptures, that if I would examine my heart on a daily basis, and I would judge my heart on a daily basis, you know what I keep myself open to? I just walk in divine health. He's already paid the price. So here's the thought. If He's already paid for my my sins and I repent of him, you know what he'll do? He'll forgive me. So if God will forgive me, he'll still heal me. And if you have enough faith for salvation, and you have enough faith for forgiveness, you've got enough faith to be healed. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's no doubt about it. How are you saved? You're saved through grace by faith. How are you forgiven? You confess your sins, and you've got to believe, I thank you, Father God. I'm forgiven. 
I forgive them because why? The Bible tells me I am. So how are you healed? By faith, why? Because the Bible tells me I am. Now I want you to look at one more real close here with me. Just go to your left to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Now, that word elder means mature. Spiritually mature. That they're looked upon as leaders. Okay? And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil, in the name of the Lord or in the name of Jesus. Verse 15. And pray the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. So you see something here, guys? Once again, he gets over that our sins will be forgiven. Well, the only way the Bible tells me that my sins can be forgiven is for me to repent. But he said that when you repent, what would take place? There would be healing. Now, he didn't stop there. Look in verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. And so you know what? I see through all these things. I can take you to, to Psalm 103. I can take you to Matthew 8, 17. I can take you to Isaiah 53, 5. I can take you to 1 Peter 2, 24. Every one of them deals with the condition of my heart. And once I get the condition of my heart right, guess what he said? Healing would take place. Now, here's some, here's some analogies for you this morning. The greatest vitamin you can take every day isn't vitamin B12. It isn't even calcium, magnesium, and zinc for your hair. It's not those. It's not even taking apple cider vinegar that'll tear that cholesterol up. How many of you have ever taken apple cider vinegar? I take a big old swallow of that every day. You want a buck? You're going to buck. That isn't the greatest thing I take every day. It's repentance. It's repentance. And you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean you've sinned. Sometimes, guys, we just need to repent. Maybe it is for sin. Maybe it may be the condition of my heart. Maybe I've walked with a bad attitude. Maybe I've been soured because of life. And so the best thing I can do on a daily basis... It's just repent. Now I can tell you this right now, guys. I do that daily. That is one of the first things I do in the morning as I say, Father God, I forgive, forgive me today. Forgive me today of my sins, my transgressions. My, forgive me, Father God, of having a stinking attitude. Forgive me, Father God, of words out of my mouth. There's many days, guys, when I'm going out to get the newspaper early in the morning, on the way out there, that's what I'm Oh, Father God, forgive me. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. This isn't to lift me higher. I'm just beginning to see this happen in my life, and I didn't realize what was going on. This is to show you the Word of God will work. Because I'm never sick. I am ne- I'm telling you, I don't get sick. I'm, I'm 50, almost to be 51. That's hard for some of you to believe, aren't you? Some of you say, man, he doesn't look a day over 30. Come on, get in agreement here with me. 
I'm telling you, God just blesses me. He blesses me. And as I begin to read these, you know why? Because it fell under his benefit package. That as long as I stay right in my heart. And so it's very big for each one of us that when we do blow it. Because you know what? We live in a fallen world. You're going to blow it at times. You're not going to be perfect. Are you perfect, pastor? Should I've already blown it today probably four or five times. But I realize I come under the blood of Jesus. He bore all that for me, so I'm not going to take it. But something happens when I keep my heart right. And you know what the heart is? The heart right is Jesus will come in and he'll keep you moving forward. Now listen, this will help you. And this is, I give this analogy in the first service. I had a guy work on my car the other day and he said, Hey man, you got some buildup in the engine. And I said, what do I need to do about it? And he said, I'm going to give you a bottle of this stuff. And he said, the next time before you have them change your oil, he said, you run that in there. And he said, this stuff will knock every bit of junk off your engine. And he said, what happens a lot of times is, is we change the engine of our oil, but we don't clean the engine. And so I'm sitting there thinking about it. So you know what the Lord said to me? He said, that's what you do with forgiveness. That's what you do with repentance. That when you go in there and start repenting for the Lord, you know what the Lord does? He comes down in your heart and He knocks all that crud off, all those deposits of the world, all the things that try to block our heart, our engine, from working like He designed it to. I'm talking even spiritually. And so He said, when you partake of forgiveness and you allow my Son to come in and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, that's 1 John 1, 9. He said, man, guess what? You're going to be blessed. Your engine is going to run perfect. And I begin to think, this is what he meant by all this. I don't have to beg God for me to be healed. Jesus has already done it. If I just line back up. 